Tiffany. It's Issa. And I'm also Tiffany. This is The Last Tiffany. And this is Tit Talks, a podcast for modern women living in a mama world. Welcome to Tit Talks. As usual, you have myself, Tilo, Issa, Chook, and Ticha. Hey guys, how are you doing this week? Hey. I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's an okay kind of week. I'm pretty good. I'm still grateful for everything in life, but... Today was a crazy one. It was a doozy. Especially a doozy. Yeah. So this is coronavirus week and where we're at the stage where every day gets a little crazier. And um, this is Chook, by the way. Saw on Facebook a bunch of posts about um, the military being in our town. But really, I mean, their their reasons are um, to provide support, but it's still a little jarring. So... That's why I say okay. Still very fun. <laughs> so California lockdown okay. Yeah. yeah. Grateful for you guys. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like I had a, an atypical upbringing. Um, being brought up in a, in a city that was predominantly Latino, um, I grew up wanting to be Latino, which uh, my husband Dave, like, is <laughs> the funniest thing in the world, but it was the only thing that I knew. And I just felt like I wanted to be anything but but who I was. And and a part of that is is really kind of what we also want to highlight today is is stems from racism. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I experienced a lot of it growing up, just being not not the norm, I suppose, growing up in the city that I grew up in. And I'm just devastated to see the rhetoric that that our president um, is putting forth that's really just um, fulfilling this 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 uh, uh, racism um, mm-hmm. uh, around the, the Asian American culture. There are people in communities that do not feel safe because they're being attacked, um, and it's just so wrong. Um, I don't know. It's just it's becoming more prevalent as the days go by, um, as he continues to to refer to it as the Chinese virus, and it's just really disappointing to see from from a leader of our nation. Yeah, it is. It's very disappointing. And it's unfortunate that he can do this. I mean, the media is covering it, but there's really not much we can do about that. And it, it really is inciting violence and, you know, hate speech. And like you said, in Pasadena, or you texted us that picture, you know, of graffiti, um, it's so crazy that in Pasadena, you know, has, has a great like Asian population that you could still find things like that. It's not just in Texas, you know what I mean? So yeah. very disappointing. And, yeah. And to be clear, we're referencing a photo that was taken on um, Lake in Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena. And it was a poster of the new Mulan movie um, and it had been graffitied over and it said, um, uh, what did it say? It said Mulan, um, it's toxic, toxic, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a toxic from Wuhan. Um, graffitied over the poster, and it's just, it's just heartbreaking, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I guess like for me, just with um, so much blatant racism uh, <laughs> shot at me as I was a, I was a young child, and even mm-hmm. growing up, like 
I feel like I never was really comfortable or wanted to be me. I never felt comfortable in my own skin, I guess, is, is the best way to say it. And, you know, having kids now, I, I really, you know, I'm so proud of our culture. And it's just something mm-hmm. that I just, I, I want to instill of them in them. Because um, I feel like it was such a major gap growing up. I, I agree. And I think the one silver lining in all this with, like, Trump, and his sheep followers who are just, you know, so bold now to be racist is that I know for a fact that those people are ignorant and they can't do anything to take away from my pride in being Asian now, which I can say, like, looking back when, when we were younger, you know, we're just absorbing what's around us. I, I don't, I couldn't say that I was like proud to be Asian. I think you know, we all wanted to be the norm. So like in elementary school, it's like, oh, you know, I wanted to be like that white girl with her fun white family and like eating hamburgers and, um, you know, being able to be less respectful to my mom and, you know, being able to have fun. Like you, you think about those things. It's like, I, I remember thinking, wow, it must be so like their lives seem so much more fun. And, but, um, you know, lessons learned from everything. I'm so proud of being who I am and lucky to say that I am comfortable in my own skin. Just like, you know, you you three girls now, it probably took a little bit to get here. But mm. the, the one thing, the one prevailing notion is that we're proud and it's, it's, it's terrible to see all these racist coming out with their rhetoric and actions, but that doesn't say anything about us. It says, says, it speaks volumes about them. And I feel sorry for them. And for this episode, I think it's really important for me to expand on how I grew up and where I grew up, um, you know, growing up Asian American. Um, And I'd like to add Pacific Islander to that, um, you know, because we're all really one group. Um, But I grew up with 50 first cousins, like right now my grandma is 97, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, I have 50 first cousins and we would see each other every Saturday. So I never felt like I, you know, I was different in any way um, from them at least. Um, Or, you know, I didn't really feel racism at a young age because also growing up in Guam, Um, my friends were of all kinds of Asian races. You know, we knew the difference. Um, I knew the difference between my Chinese friends, Korean friends, um, you know, Filipino friends, and we all celebrated our different cultures. Um, And so I really didn't experience um, racism until I moved to the States or to the mainland. Um, And I moved to Ojai, which is still in California, but it's a very small community. Um, And in the community, it's mostly white people and Mexicans. Um, And when I came along, you know, a lot of people asked me if I still lived in a hut or how did I speak English so well? Um, So that would probably be, I know, that would probably be my first um, intro um, to closed-mindedness, you know, people who don't really see diversity, um, you know, outside of their communities or inside of their communities. Um, And so, you know, with that, moving to Ojai was really hard for me because it it really was like, um, you know, kind of a shock 
um, I was called Asian, just Asian or, or, you know, culturally amongst the Mexican community, Chinita. Um, so it was really like, whoa, wait, I'm not that, you know, um, these are all the great things I am, but really it was just like, no, you're Asian, you have chinky eyes or, you know, things like that. So, um, you know, it's really hard growing up like that after you've been exposed to so many different cultures and you can see how people can melt together, grow together and not, and not really experience that um, when you're exposed to more, more, more cultures. Um, so that was definitely different. Um, but, you know, I was definitely Asian in the sense that my dad was super controlling <laughs> and it might not be your dad's, it might be your mom's, but, um, he's Japanese. My mom's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm sure we were all like the most like innocent. Well, me, at least I was so innocent. So like straight edge. I don't drink. I even asked Jake, um, who is my husband now, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to date anybody who doesn't drink alcohol or do any kind of drugs or anything like that. And he actually had to lie to me, you know, to be my boyfriend. So, uh, <laughs> so that's just like an example of a controlling dad, right? Because he instilled in me that I'm going to a four-year college and I'm doing all this stuff. I'm going to be an attorney. I was supposed to be a lawyer, just like YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> in his mind <laughs> but um but yeah um I think going to UCLA really you know opened my eyes like I didn't know about Armenians so I could see how being in a close community could really lend to that and also your parents experience and things like that so you know I just wanted to bring up my experience in that way and then also I remember us going out you know in college and guys trying to play like the guessing game like whoa what are you let me see if I can guess what are you I mean I think we almost got in a fight because of it once that sounds I, very familiar yeah something I would have been triggered by <laughs> exactly. anyway <laughs> exactly so um you know there's different stages of experiencing it um and still to this day obviously you know it's actually getting pretty bad um and I'm, I'm just hoping that I mean all we can do is change our future through our kids, instilling kindness and openness um, and, you know, a, a yearning for knowledge about trouble, about other cultures, other religions, and all of that stuff. So I think I'll end there. That's overall my experience growing up Asian American. Lisa, um, I still think it's not too late for you to become a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> never it's too never late. Too late. <laughs> Honestly, I could tell you would be competent. You would have ethics. Thank you. A lot more than some, <laughs> I can say for some attorneys that I know. So. Thank you. I think um, I noticed that it wasn't my calling. I don't even think, I don't even know if what I'm doing now is really my calling. I just know that. You're damn it, good at it though. Yeah, I know. I just know That's it's stable and, and I do get a rush doing it. Um wish I could do my creative side for my, this much money, but, um, you know, I'm so thankful for what I have, um, and being able to balance both. Yeah. And I think you will get there with your creative side, all things you just have to grind for a while and right. then you'll get there. Nothing comes immediately. Easy. Exactly. Yeah. It's all experience. And, and I do want to say like, you actually brought up something that I kind of forgot about myself like growing up in the community that I grew up in 
that was predominantly Latino, I, I literally, I don't think I, I don't think I met another Korean until I got to UCLA. Um, <laughs> nor was I exposed to the Persian culture, the Armenian culture. Yeah. I was so sheltered. And similar to, to you with the very strict father, although my mom was very, very lax, like I, I didn't have any drinking experience when I was in high school. Like I was Dang. a very good girl. <laughs> like I was a very good girl. Um, probably why I got so crazy um, <laughs> in college. <laughs> but um, I, I shared that experience with you. And I remember actually um, in college orientation, I was in this group and we were in this, this round table and we were talking and I had one of those like light bulb moments where you just like sit there and you realize like how much you don't know about the world because you've just been so sheltered. And I remember having that when I was um, in orientation during the summer. So um, it really was such a growth um, experience um, going to college. And these days I think like, you really don't have to have a four-year degree to make a ton of money, but I feel like regardless of that, I would still want our children to go just because I grew up so much from a personal perspective um, being at college even though it wasn't like practical learning, like in terms of like on the job learning, um, it was just that personal growth that was so important. I agree. I think that happened to me too at orientation and more like in the disparity between um, probably like socioeconomic um, status, you know, like people having, um, you know, however many AP classes available to them. And I'm like, what? We only had four, (laughs) you know? So, (laughs) um, you know, opportunity is real. And, and that's what I, I noticed at orientation. Yeah. Um, You know, what's fascinating though. So too, just like you, I kind of grew up in a bubble in San Diego Valley too, in Monterey park, but I, I guess it can go both ways. Either you feel like everyone is the same or you're very, very cognizant that, like you're very different from everyone else. And it wasn't until I came onto campus um, and started the rush process for 80 Pi that I realized like, wow, I am very different. Everyone was so blonde and so Caucasian. (laughs) Despite despite what everyone says about UCLA having the most Asians on campus, like it is a very predominantly, you know, Caucasian culture there. And it was very intimidating. And that was truly the first time I realize like I am not a standout in a way that's beneficial to me so that was a bit jarring I agree yeah that was quite an adjustment (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) I I grew up in Irvine (laughs) (laughs) I'm Thai American so like I I think I knew of like one other Thai person but I was there like I was used to seeing a ton of Asians and like I even I knew like k-pop bands well like just one <laughs> that's <laughs> impressive that, that one k-pop band that did um candy do you know that song that. no <laughs> next uh, you, you maybe you could song? sing it yeah <laughs> I it, it's a really good song h-o-t h-o-t is the name of the of the Korean toy band that's how we would sing. We had a bunch of Koreans, we had a bunch of Chinese, and a good number of Japanese. Um, so UCLA was good for me. <laughs> I was just like, yes, there's my Asian 
Amazing folk. <laughs> so another thing that um, I think is really important to all of our experiences is representation in the media, in movies, in, you know, politics. There really wasn't um, Asian American. I mean, like who, I mean, even Disney, like Pocahontas was mine. And I'm- Mulan. I'm not even Native American. Mulan. How could we forget Mulan? Mulan. Yes. But that didn't come out till we were older. Like there was no, all the younger princesses, you know, Belle was my favorite and she looks nothing like me. And yeah, this is, this is Tiffany Chavez Tay here. And you said you hit the nail on the head. I think growing up, who I really wanted to be was freaking karate kid because he seemed like he could just (laughs) it all he was doing it all and he was young and he you know pretty much could just do anything he wanted <laughs> i cannot imagine you as a white male i cannot but i'm, I'm happy you are not yeah. i'm trying i'm trying to right now you wouldn't and be as cute i'm not you'd be a pretty good looking white guy i can do that um definitely having the strict parents and no role models in media definitely contributed to that um, growing up in Monterey Park, I felt like I was just like one of many and there weren't really too many distinctive factors. And it's, it's funny because I feel like I am a pretty passionate person, but it's been like squelched down so that I'm like really always poised. I don't speak too loudly. I take a very little space. I don't <laughs> make a mess. And so it's been kind of just drilled into me, you know, to always be a nice person walking around, greet your elders, but don't make too much noise and flashy. Um, But, but I mean, those are just some of the negatives. There, there are so many positives that completely outweigh that. Of course Um, I am an only child, but my mom has three sisters and a brother. So I have plenty of cousins. So I grew up, he said like you, lots of cousins. I had like 13 cousins on my mom's side and like 50 cousins on my dad's side in Peru. <laughs> so most of my family is here in California. And then some of them are sprinkled in um, Peru. Um, and very few in Hong Kong, actually. They're mostly in Peru. And so I grew up really not identifying as very differently from everybody else since I felt like a lot of my family was so different, but I really did identify as Asian American, I think just because of the food, the culture, the shows that I watched. And that was a really great bonding experience with me and my mom. Like we would watch a lot of Chinese shows and dramas and sing Chinese opera. And it was just really, really nice to bond that way. Um, And of course, I'm like in the epicenter of great, Asian food so like dim sum every weekend and then all the great Chinese barbecues just down the street so I actually feel like I had a very privileged upbringing being an Asian American so minus all that like cool stuff of being able to like (laughs) kick villains asses um, (laughs) it was was a pretty great childhood for me (laughs) you know the funny thing about that is I always identified the karate kid as Asian because of Mr. Miyagi I think (laughs) I don't know he why. would not be the karate kid without Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. And yeah. that was my favorite because yeah, I'm like part Japanese. So I'm like, wax on, wax on. <laughs> <laughs> But I also, I always have thought of you as kind of like such a great role model. Um, just because of you and your personality, but also like you pursuing, you know, being 
um, pageant queen and, you know, seeing you in that capacity and you're just so smart too. You're just like a really great balance. So, you know, yeah, I have to say you, um, you, you hit it on the head with the word poise. <laughs> like that's yes. definitely something <laughs> that we can all aspire to. You, you definitely have a lot of poise. It was very apparent from the first time that I met you. Um, I have a separate question for you on the topic of um, growing up Asian American. So um, with your dad, is, is he actually ethnically Peruvian? So are you, are you biracial then? Yeah, yeah. We actually did a 23andMe. He was like, like 23% Amazonian, but he's part Asian too. So I'm probably just, I don't even know what the percentage breakdown is because I haven't done it, probably should, but I'm probably about 20% um, Latino, Latina. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But then primarily identify Mm -hmm. as Asian American based on your cultural upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be the trend. Like kids, tend to go where the mothers are. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I did a 23 and me too. And I, um, well, my dad didn't know his dad. Um, so it was a surprise to me that I'm like 30 something percent Italian, which I'm like, what? That's why I love pasta so much. <laughs> so I have a little Caucasian in me. Okay. Oh, There's a little Caucasity coming out of this one. <laughs> I'm curious. I, I feel like I need to do this test now. <laughs> I know. I, I just don't know. I mean, I feel like there might be Vietnamese in me that I don't know, but yeah. I really don't. You could be yeah. like Ali Wong. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Not as funny. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty funny. You're, You're pretty, pretty funny. close. <laughs> Especially with some drinks, then yeah. Have you guys read her book, um, Dear Girls? No. no. Oh my gosh. You guys have to listen to it because as mothers now, I feel like it's so super poignant. It is actually a book and it's letters to her daughter. Like that's to her daughters, sorry, both mm. of them. And that's just what the book is. It's like, oh, wow. and she's just tackling things like motherhood, how she met her husband, like what it was like growing up Asian American. It is like such a great book. Like you guys should definitely listen to it. So I love that. Read it. Yeah. I think it's just also crazy. Like um, I told you guys, like it was probably about a month ago, even before all this coronavirus mayhem started I was walking down the street in Glendale and some man literally yelled at me and was like go back to China um and I was with um, my direct report and and my my boss and I was like in, in a split second I was like do I ignore this or do I stand up for myself and and I laid into the guy and it was super awkward <laughs> because my coworkers had no idea how to react but I I just could not believe it and and part of what I couldn't believe was, was how it affected me emotionally. It took me literally back to like being seven years old and sitting outside of my school waiting for the gate to open and, and being taunted by, by these kids because I was Chinese. Um, it, it's really devastating to just think about how as many years have passed, like culture really has not <laughs> progressed as far as we, we hoped it has, you know? Um, and I, I do have hope for us and for our children just because of who we are, like the collective we of, of the modern parents of this age um, and, and the kids that we're going to raise um, as a result of the experiences that we had. Um, 
I think they're going to be better for it for sure. I agree. Right. This is, this is Chuk. And one thing I want to add that I think seems promising and through my lens of growing up from the eighties to the nineties and now in the two thousands, I can appreciate how Asian food, the popularity of Asian food has seemed to uh, blow up <laughs> and, so and everyone is embracing it. And I can definitely say when I was in elementary school, I was embarrassed about my mom's like fishy, lanky, curry. But now that's like one of the things that I love the most. It's like always on the top of like LA eat. It's always like on the top of like food critics list of things to try. I can like, I can appreciate seeing like Korean dish, like kimchi, just like rise to the top of like, you know, food truck delicacies and whatnot. I think, I think in, in that respect, especially through food, um, it's promising to see parts of like Asian culture being more embraced but, you know, that, that's definitely not enough when we still have these ignorant a-holes yelling out, like, go back to China. Um, and also, like, be a little more creative than that. Yeah. I don't, you know, I just, like, I, I can't, I, I have so many things to say when, when people are racist and I just, I, I, I don't have the bandwidth for it. But it's something that has to be dealt with. But um, yeah. But I just want to add that I, I think there's some some ray of hope, especially exemplified through you know Western cultures and embracing um, Asian delicacies. And yeah. you guys, you guys all know that's something that I'm very passionate about. Yeah, yeah. all the long lines. I can see the world through food. Yes. As someone who had your mom's curry, it is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That's good. So, you know, I, th th that was kind of heavy, but, you know, <laughs> but I, you know, what, what else, I guess, from your guys' experiences would, would you highlight from growing up Asian American? There's the uh, quintessential tiger mom that, that often gets talked about and, um, I really didn't have that experience. Um, Me neither. <laughs> so I, I really can't speak to it. I mean, I did the things that an Asian tiger mom wants you to do, like practice piano, like do well in school. But it it wasn't really because they motivated me. A lot of it was self-motivated. And maybe it was because, like, I knew I needed to get out of the city that I grew up in. But, I mean, besides that, my mom was super lax and and is continues to be super lax I, I really don't have that experience I'd be interested to hear about your guys's yeah Taylor your mom is super cool my <laughs> mom yeah my mom is the opposite she's forever Mrs. Chukia and still when I talk to my friends from high school they're like oh Mrs. Chukia because she's like for the most part, still the same, but she just can't bully me and my friends as much. Like, she can still bully me, and she can still put me in my place, and I can still have to lie to her about, like, you know, whether I, um, you know, bought a new shirt or, like, had a glass of wine or something. Um, but, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I can appreciate how her 
Tiger Momness has shaped me because, you know, I wonder, I, like, I, I think I'm pretty normal, but I wonder if she wasn't my mom, if I would be, like, super crazy and super out there. Um, huh. You'd but, probably be the opposite. <laughs> you would not oh, yeah. you want to be a lawyer if she wasn't your mom? No, I would not be. I'd, I'd be probably an artist. I, I used to be really good at drawing. I, oh, dang. You know, I, 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 I was good at basketball when I was in sixth grade. I remember this. But, like, it wasn't a sport that she wanted, so I had to focus on tennis. And, um, like, I, I was really good at the piano. And, like, I, I was on my way to being, like, I, I had so much fun with it. Like, I used to play Forrest Gump, the theme song. Um, with no music, with no sheet music. And I remember one time I played it at a recital and everyone was like, oh my, I okay, floored everyone. Because I was actually pretty young. And thinking about it, like, I think if I was sitting in the audience, I would have been really impressed with myself too. But at some point she was like, you need to, you need to not focus on like, just like having fun with it. You need to focus on the theory. So I, like my playing music took, to, took a back seat to me studying the music theory, which I mean, like, I don't know mom? anything about music. Is your mom pushing that agenda, not your piano teacher? My mom. Yeah, I had to switch piano teachers. That's kind of what happened. It's like we, we it took a time from, like, yeah, exactly. She took, we, I was doing fun music and then switched teachers and then learned all about theory and then was able to get the certificate of merit. I don't know if you guys got that. I know, so boring. And then after that, just, like, kind of killed it. <laughs> I just killed it. I have no idea what that is, but I remember my dad being like that with my brothers, and like they quit everything that he was ever like practice more or like. Yeah. Well, listen, you guys, yeah. with COVID COVID nineteen here, you shortly might be able to pick up a uh, a long forgotten habit <laughs> or hobby. <laughs> Reignite that passion. I, I mean, when do they have that for like DJs? Honestly, yeah. no, I mean, it, it was, it was a line already. for my college resume. <laughs> You're past me, I'm way qualified for it. That was something <laughs> for my college resume. That, like, I love it. I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure no one really cared about it, but um, it's a good idea. COVID-19 is my time to shine. Exactly. I give all of you guys a certificate of Winosaur merit, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> And I think it would be nice to hear back from people who who are listening to this episode on their experiences, because um, you know we're we all have the same experience, but through different lenses. you know yeah. yeah through different cultures through different lenses, um, and so it's interesting to see to learn about um, so that we don't make those same mistakes maybe that our parents made or that the culture at the time made. Um, and we're better able to equip, you know, our future, our kids, um, to be kind to other people and, you know, celebrate differences and be different than Mr. Trump. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the funny thing. Like, that's the baseline. It's like, be kind, be a good person. And it's really not that hard. <laughs> At Doing the end good. of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, yeah. with that said, you guys, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad we were able to have this chat. I'm so glad you guys that are listening were, were here and able to, to listen to our experiences. 
we, as Issa said, you know, we'd really love to hear from you guys. So, you know, it would help us a ton if you could review us on, on iTunes, give us, give us those five stars or even tell a friend about us. Um, we'd love to get your feedback on, you know, whether you love this episode, what topics you'd like to hear us tackle. So give us an email um, or a DM. We have uh, tittalks at gmail.com that you can reach us at or tittalks on Instagram. Um, we look forward to seeing you guys here next time. And uh, see you later, Tiffany's and Issa. <laughs> yeah, bye. 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 bye.